Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Amen. Thank you so much and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I'm very excited about the teaching today. I'm excited about the teaching every day and I just want to dive right in. So before we actually get started, this is going to be somewhat of a review and this is going to be a shorter teaching today. But I want to remind you first that Satan is the prince of this world. You and me, we are the ones who overcome the world. Amen. We are the light. We shine so bright with the goodness of God. And we fight not with our fists, not with man-made weapons, but we fight this spiritual war with righteousness. Amen. We're actually going to be continuing on about wars. So based on the last teaching, how many wars are there? Three, four. If you said two, you're right. There are two wars. There is the second war, which is external. So outside of us. And what do I mean by that? This is the spiritual war, spiritual warfare, which we have been focusing on in recent episodes of take it or leave it. It's not the war that's in us. It's the war around us. And it's not a battle of flesh and blood, but against the demons who are around us. Amen. The first war is the internal war. That's between flesh in spirit or soul in spirit. Okay. We discussed how we should not be in the second war until we are victorious in the first war. When we enter the second war, when we don't have our armor of God, when we haven't yet produced that breastplate of righteousness, it's a very dangerous place to be. Amen. Before we enter the second war, we must first be recognized by the demons. We should not and cannot be victorious in the second war. Again, the second war is the external war, spiritual warfare. We won't be victorious in the second war until the spirit comes alive in us. Amen. So the man who is not born again or the woman who is not born again of what? Of water and spirit, like we've learned, right? Of the word of God in the Holy Spirit. This person belongs to Satan. Okay. And that means good people, right? People who claim to be good, people who are nice, right? They belong to Satan unless you were born of water and spirit. This person who's not born again is not redeemed, meaning someone else owns them. All right. Someone else owns the one who is not born again because Jesus has not redeemed them. Okay. And who is the person that owns them who would own you or me if we were not redeemed? Who is that? Satan, of course. Now, when you claim to be a warrior for God and you are truly a part of the body of Christ, baptized with the Holy Spirit, living out the word of God in your life, Jesus has redeemed you. And that can only happen through repentance. It's like a pawn shop. So if you think of it like this, if we take a very special item, let's say a jewel to the pawn shop and we sell it, we'll be unable to redeem that jewelry back unless we pay for it, right? So think of us born into the pawn shop, ran by Satan. Jesus must come and collect us. He must redeem us 
so that we can be set free from the pawn shop, from Satan's ownership, okay? This is the truth based on the word of God. And remember, we've talked about this before too, but there were two fathers, right? Who are they? God and Satan, okay? And that means that there are sons and daughters of God and Satan, Okay, not together, but separately. God has children and Satan has children. We are born into this world who was run by Satan. So Satan owns us. So you and I must repent and we must enthrone Jesus on our hearts. We must remove self that sits on the throne of our hearts because that's natural. We are born naturally wanting to satisfy self, but we must remove self and put Jesus there. So dethrone yourself and give your entire heart and life to God. When that happens, God decides for us. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing. Do I mean we no longer have choices? No, of course we have choices and we still make the decisions that life brings us, but our decisions are based on the word of God and the word of God alone, nothing else. If the word says don't do that, I will not do that. If the word says do that, I better do it. We've been reading in Ephesians 6 recently, and I'm going to actually take you to Ephesians 2. And one thing that I want to stress is that it's not easy to get out of satanic ownership. It's not. We must all get out of Satan's fatherhood and into the fatherhood of Jesus. In Ephesians Remember, we learned that Paul was speaking to Ephesus, right? These were warriors. They were surrounded by these demonic attacks. They were in the spiritual war. So Paul was teaching them, this is how you stand. This is how you get the victory. But I'm taking you to Ephesians 2, which is before chapter 6, of course. And I want to read just a few verses today, starting in Ephesians 1. And it says, And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So again, speaking to warriors, verse two, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So who's the prince of the power of the air? That's Satan. Right? So when verse 2 says the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, whose spirit? Satan's. You don't need to be a criminal to be under the ownership of Satan. You are still and can be a son of disobedience. Why? Because you're not yet born again. You also should remember that there are two spirits at work. Do you know them? One is the spirit of God and two is the spirit of Satan. Something else that I want to bring to your attention that's so important to know, and it's so important to share this with others, but you can't just say a prayer and tithe extra to be saved and forgiven. Okay, you can't even go to church three times a day and assume that you are saved and forgiven. You must believe it to be forgiven. You must believe that Jesus is Lord, and you must believe that he has died for your sins. And by believe, there's an action to that. You must live out a righteous life. It's not easy. How do you show that you are living a righteous life? You just stay in the will of God. You move into your calling. You pray to the Lord, and he will reveal that to you. But it's not just words. You must move your feet. There's action to take, okay? And it takes true believing 
to be saved. When you believe, you will take action. It's going to be natural. You shall do that without a doubt. And those who believe will act. Okay, so again, it takes more than just praying to be converted and heaven bound. Sons of disobedience were more than just thieves and murderers. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, even good people who were not renewed by the Spirit are included here as a child of disobedience. I want to continue in verse 3. I want to continue in verse 3. And it reads, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So again, this is Paul talking, and Paul wasn't saying he has never been under Satan. He's actually saying the opposite. Paul wasn't saying that he never sinned. He's saying the opposite. Paul is saying that he was this way before, and he is no longer this way. Paul was saying, Satan does not own me. Why? Because Paul took his belief seriously and Paul turned his belief into action. Okay. And we act on our belief, meaning we believe unto righteousness as it's taught in Romans. You believe unto righteousness. That's an action. Once we do that, we can be redeemed. It's like trading in your passport. You're no longer a citizen of Satan country and you're a citizen of God's country. Until we do this, until we turn our belief into action, the demons own us. They don't see the war in us. And we don't have authority over them. You can't just be religious today. So again, when we look at the Jews, right, or the Pharisees in the Bible, they're extremely religious. They paid tithes strictly. They prayed three times a day. They went to temple three times a day. Do you pray three times a day at the same time each day? I don't. The Jews honored the Sabbath every Sabbath, yet the demons did not recognize the priests in Acts 19. And I'm referring to Acts 19, which is when the priests went to exercise the demons out of the man. They were overcome by them, embarrassed by them, okay? It's not easy to get out of the ownership of demons and Satan. It's difficult, but with God, all things are possible. So those demons in Acts 19, they didn't know those priests. How do demons get to know you? Well, in Acts 19, the demons responded to the Jewish priests, okay? And they said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? So when we know this and we read this, it, we should not be in awe that the demons spoke, okay? If they're in your body, they can take ownership of your body. They can do that. They're not, you know, God is a gentleman. Demons are forceful. That demonic power is forceful. We should not be in awe that they speak. What we should be paying attention to is what they said. Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know. Okay, so the demons did not know the priest, but they knew Paul and Jesus. So what do we do? Naturally, we should study the life of Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example. He's the best example, but we can't even look at the life of Paul, who clearly said, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So Paul wasn't saying, hey, do as I do, monkey see, monkey do. In a sense, we can do that, but what he was really saying was just do what Jesus says and does. Paul was saying, imitate Christ as I also imitate Christ. So he wasn't saying, do what I'm doing. Though he was imitating Christ, he's saying, just look at Christ. Just look at Christ. Just imitate Jesus. So when we look at Paul, we learn that he was about the business of God. He was taking action. After he encountered God on the road to Damascus, when the scales fell off of his eyes, he had a major life event, okay, and he disconnected from 
power of Satan. He moved on from the ownership of Satan because he made up his mind and he was going and he stayed in the business of God. It's a constant thing. Your mind is focused on the one. Who's the one? Jesus Christ, the one who could save you. Amen. Do you remember your encounter with God? I do. I remember my very first encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit wrapped himself around me for three days. I felt him. I felt this happiness I had never felt in a long time. I was 17 years old. And when the Holy Spirit touches you, you will not forget it. You will not forget it. It's this major internal surgery conducted by God. Okay, so in my case, when the Holy Spirit wrapped himself around me, yes, that was my first experience with the Holy Spirit, but it was external. I was not baptized with the Holy Spirit until years later. You don't have to be that way. You know, when I look back at my walk with Jesus, I feel like I was dragging my feet. And now today, when I see and truly understand and have experienced him and how good he is and how much he loves me and you and what he calls us to do, I wish I would have walked faster. I wish I would have moved faster, turned my belief into action faster. You don't have to be like me. You can go faster, okay? That major internal surgery, it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. And it's conducted by God himself, so you know it's going to be flawless. Amen? Amen. The word is so clear. So you were once a child of Satan. I was once a child of Satan. And we don't become children of God from religion. We must disconnect from Satan completely, which means we need to turn away from this world. All right, We don't let man tell us who we are. We don't let man tell us what we're going to do. We let the word of God speak truth into our lives and we live it out. Okay, Paul even said, which you once walked. So Paul's saying, no more, no more. You don't walk this way anymore. That's in the past. Are the ways of the world and Satan in your past? Answer for yourself. And I'm going to answer for myself. Amen. What were the Jews missing in Acts 19 that they weren't recognized? Because of their religion, their mind was not in the right place. Therefore, they were not seeking a true experience with the Lord. They had not experienced the miracle yet, the, the touch from the Lord. So they did not turn their belief into action. Because I believe that they believe who Jesus was. They respected it. But there was no action, just religion, okay? There was no action, just religion, and that's not okay. That's not okay. You see, they lost the battle. They're in the second war, but they're losing. They were beat. So remember, saying no to sin, that's the easy part. It's doing the work that is difficult. Doing the things that we think that we aren't capable of doing, that's the difficult part. Stepping forward and letting God work through us. Okay, so again, saying no to sin, that's the easy part. Doing the work of God is the difficult part. Okay, not just saying words or hearing words. When you are touched by God, you're going to have a ministry. Amen. There's going to be a ministry birthed out of you. Why? Because we are called to spread the gospel. To who? Some? No, all. You will be different from how you were doing things before. You will be different and you will be doing things that you never knew you could do with God. And I speak that to you from experience. Amen. You know, today it is so easy to get attached to demonic spirits. Okay. Satan is not selective. That's one thing you should know. You know, in gym class, when you used to pick who's going to be on your team, 
right? You got to be selective. Satan's not selective. He'll take everybody, okay? Today, people are good and they have good lives, right? Do we all know somebody who's a good person? They have a good life. I do. And can you imagine when you are a servant of God, you have to tell that good person that they need a savior, that they are still a child of Satan. And this is according to the word of God. Yes, they truly are children of Satan. And yes, we are to spread the gospel and help others come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's hard. Why? Because people aren't going to listen. People are going to be offended. They are going to take offense to the word of God. They're going to take offense to the truth. They're not going to want to hear you. And you know what? It's okay because God hears you. God will be with you. And after all, children of God aren't saying these things to be judgmental, but we truly want people to know this so that they can change, so that they can be redeemed and saved. So winning the first war between soul and spirit, it's critical to victory in the second war. Your spirit must die so that we can have Jesus enthroned on our hearts forever, forever. You must put self to death. And again, that's not literally that's not literally. It's a decision that you make. You no longer live for you. You live for the Lord. And trust me, I guarantee when you live this way, all the things that you're worried about today, money, children, your home, your car, God works in mysterious ways and he is so good. He is so good. These things that you worry about, they will not even be a worry. When you live fully for God, that's the best plan that you can have. When he's enthroned on your heart forever and you seriously serve him and you take action because that's a must. We must take action. This is how we prove our belief. This is how we prove our belief. And God is so pleased with that. And surely he blesses his children. Amen. So have you had an unforgettable moment, a touch from God? Have you encountered God? Have you won your first war within yourself? Have you truly decided what side of the line that you are going to stand on? Or are you straddling the line? Are there still things that you do in secret? Are there still conversations that you have? We must be fully cleansed and you can do it. You can do it, but you must decide. Have the demons recognized you? Who's sitting on the throne of your heart today? Only you're going to know the answer to these questions. And have you actually been redeemed? Or did someone just assure you that you are? Did another man or a pastor assure you that you've been redeemed? Only you are going to know this. Okay? And it's so much more than a prayer. All right? Remember, we work out our own salvation. And everything discussed here on Take It or Leave It is found in the Word of God. It's up to you to work it out for you while I work it out for me. Amen? It's up to you to win the first war. You can do it. You could do it. Do it with God. That way when you're in the second war and you're face to face with the thing that you never thought that you would experience, when you are face to face with demons, you will win. You will bring the war, the mighty power of Jesus. It won't be you, but it will be him through you. Don't you want that? I want that. Amen. When we truly live for him and we turn our belief into action, we become heaven bound. It's about sealing our soul. Okay. We want to be eternally bound to heaven. 
all right? Because if we're not, we're eternally bound to hell. And there's a way to escape hell today. And that is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He loves you and me so much. And he desires you. He wants you. But the choice is yours. Amen? Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.